There are several famous and interesting stories in the book of Daniel. However, Daniel gives us not only a powerful personal example, but also some key prophecies concerning God's plan for the ages. Daniel was a prophet. In chapters 7 through 8, you find a prophetic preview of history from Daniel's time to the end time. It reminds you of the hope you have in your faithful and sovereign God. This lesson is called A Preview of World History. Have you ever thought about the fact that the only way God can predict the future is to be in control of it? Well, this is why God can actually give us in the Bible a preview of world history. That's because he's already seen it, and he's currently guiding it according to his sovereign plan. Well, in Daniel's later years in life, God gives him several visions that reveal the future kingdoms of the world, all the way from Daniel's generation to the moment when Jesus Christ's kingdom is established on earth. That's several thousand years, and we're still waiting for the kingdom. Well, the first vision came to Daniel during the reign of Babylon's King Belshazzar. Here we are now today in Daniel chapter 7 and at verse 3, where Daniel says he saw four great beasts that came up out of the sea. Now, the first beast is like a lion that has the wings of an eagle. The second beast here looks like a powerful bear. And the third beast looks like a leopard with four heads and four wings on its back, The fourth beast is even more impressive. Daniel describes it here now in verse 7. It was terrifying and dreadful and exceedingly strong. It had great iron teeth. It devoured and broke in pieces and stamped what was left with its feet. It had ten horns. And behold, there came up among them another horn, a little one, before which three of the first horns were plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man and a mouth speaking great things. Now, you might remember Nebuchadnezzar's dream of that great image back in Daniel chapter 2, which pictured four successive world empires, Babylon, Medo-Persia, Greece, and Rome. Well, this vision here in chapter 7 parallels that earlier dream. It's about the same four kingdoms, only using different images. Well, now Daniel writes here in verse 9, As I looked, thrones were placed, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. Now, this is a reference to God the Father, who's taking his seat upon the throne of judgment. And when that takes place, this final world kingdom, this fourth terrifying beast, is going to be destroyed. Daniel sees then another figure Here in verse 13, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the ancient of days and was presented before him, and to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. Now, of course, this son of man is the Messiah, Jesus Christ, and he's receiving here from his father an everlasting kingdom. 
An angel now arrives and explains to Daniel here at verse 17, these four great beasts are four kings who shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall receive the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever. Beloved, this is describing your future and mine, living with Jesus Christ in his future glorious kingdom on earth. Now, Daniel is particularly interested in this fourth, rather terrifying beast and the ten horns proceeding out of it. And so the angel goes on, fortunately, to give an explanation that the ten horns are ten kings. Now, there are many Bible scholars that believe these ten kings represent an end-time revival of the old Roman Empire, which doesn't exist today. And frankly, we don't, we don't really know for sure. It could be ten kings representing ten new regions of the world. What we do know is what we're told here. Another horn or king arises and puts down three of these ten kings, evidently in some kind of battle. Well, this powerful king is the beast in the book of Revelation, whom we know as the Antichrist. As the Antichrist rises in power, his hatred for God and anybody who belongs to God is going to be violent. He's going to wage war. Verse 25 says, for a time, times, and half a time. Well, this means for three and a half years. This refers to the last half of the seven-year period of tribulation on the earth. He's going to turn on the afterburners, so to speak, during the final half of the tribulation and attempt to wipe out Israel in particular. His reign of terror will come to an end when Christ returns to defeat him and establish his glorious kingdom on earth. Well, now, chapter 8 unrolls the scroll of the future with Israel specifically in mind. That's why the language now in the original text leaves off Aramaic and now switches back to the Hebrew language. We have another vision given to Daniel here. He sees a ram with two tall horns charging westward, northward, and southward. Daniel notes here in verse 4, No beast, or kingdom that is, could stand before him. This isn't a a, a bull in in a china shop, by the way. This is a ram, but he's going 100 miles an hour, crashing, uh, colliding, defeating every kingdom in his way. Now, Daniel sees a male goat come from the west. It's described as having a, a prominent horn between its eyes, and it attacks that ram breaks its horn, and tramples it. Then we read here in verse 8, The goat became exceedingly great, but when he was strong, the great horn was broken, and instead of it, there came up four conspicuous horns toward the four winds of heaven. Out of one of them came a little horn, which grew exceedingly great toward the south, toward the east, and toward the glorious land. There are a lot of horns going on in this text, aren't there? Well, Daniel specifically sees this this particular little horn directing its attacks against Israel called the Glorious Land. The results of that attack are given to us here in verse 11. The regular burnt offering was taken away and the sanctuary was overthrown. 
Fortunately, the angel Gabriel interprets the vision for Daniel, and he explains that the ram with the two horns represents the dual kingdom of the Medes and Persians, and that kingdom is going to expand until it is conquered by that male goat, and that represented Greece. The single horn of this male goat is the first king of the Grecian Empire. Well, that's Alexander the Great going 100 miles an hour until the great horn is broken, that is, when Alexander dies. When he dies, you have these four horns, that is, you have four kings. Why? Because Alexander's kingdom is divided among the four kings. One of those four kingdoms will produce this little horn who will become Israel's great persecutor. Now, we know from history that this little horn here in Daniel chapter 8 is not the Antichrist of chapter 7. Rather, he's Antiochus IV, Epiphanes, Antiochus Epiphanes. In 169 BC, he entered the temple in Jerusalem. He sacrificed a pig on the altar, and thus he defiled the temple. He also forbade any worship of the Lord. History also tells us that the Jewish people rose up in opposition to Antiochus and eventually gained their independence. Now, this was still all in the future for Daniel. His vision is going to point to a time in the second century BC where there will be great persecution in Israel. There are some statements, however, in this chapter that suggest something uh, more might be in view. For example, Gabriel says here in verse 17 that the vision pertains to the time of the end. This may indicate that Antiochus is actually foreshadowing that terrible Antichrist of the end times. But here's what we do know, beloved. In these two chapters of Daniel, the Lord gives us a preview of history, a vision of the future. Both periods of time are going to feature an evil ruler who will persecute the chosen people of God. Now, why did God give this preview to Daniel and through Daniel to us? Uh, does, Does God not want us to be able to sleep at night, got all these kingdoms and wars and horns and beasts? Well, for Daniel and the nation Israel, it was a reminder that God is in control, even as they suffer. This is all part of God's sovereign plan. And in the end, and here's what we need to remember, in the end, God will triumph on behalf of his people. Now, as for us, uh, we're, we're to be reminded of the precision of God's word. We can look back at this fulfilled prophecy concerning these ancient kingdoms Uh, We can see they rose and fell just as Daniel prophesied. And that ought to encourage us. That means all the other prophecies are going to come true as well. The prophesied coming of Christ. The prophesied coming of Christ's kingdom one day, which is still future for us. But it is just as certainly going to happen, just as God promised. And with those promises in mind, we're going to have to stop for today. Until next time, beloved, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. 
Amen. Stephen called today's lesson a preview of world history. The hope you have for the future is based in the truth that Jesus has the power over death and that what he offers is his resurrection power to you. Stephen has a resource called Resurrection Power, and we'd love you to have it as our gift. The question is not, will you live forever? The question is, where will you live forever? That's the most important question of your life, and a question everyone must settle. Once it's settled, it's settled forever. Visit wisdomonline.org forward slash resurrection to get this free resource today. Then join us next time as we continue the wisdom journey.